few years ago, you probably would have found me at the bar all night long ripping shots with my friends. And then I would go home and probably cry until 3 a.m. Today, I practice yoga and I meditate every morning. And this change has really saved my life. Every word I share on this show comes from those days and those nights where I couldn't see five minutes in front of me. Everything was about how much I could do, how much I could accumulate, how good I could look. The Bright Side of the Moon is a show made to help you accept the dark with the light, the intense with the relatively easy, all while still feeling connected to your soul and living from this place. You no longer need to fear the dark because without it, you'll never be able to fully experience the light that lies within. I'm living proof of this. This show is a place for me to share about the things I've learned and the coping skills that have saved my life. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll definitely swear. <laughs> but most of all, we'll connect with the light within. I'm Paige Pitchlar, and this is The Bright Side of the Moon. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so glad to be back with you. I haven't really recorded by myself in a few weeks, and it's been because I've been you know, going through my own things with everything that's going on in the world. And I'm really excited to reconnect. Uh, and today I want to talk about a book that I'm reading because that's usually where I get my inspiration. And so the last few days, just kind of an update is I have just been feeling really lost uh, with what I'm doing. And I still feel really connected to the things that I'm sharing, you know, whether it's writing, speaking, teaching, whatever it is, I really enjoy those things. But I think we're in such a weird time that it's difficult to have compassion for, you know, not knowing and, and the unknown. And so uh, I'm starting to feel better. And this book has been very helpful. And it's called The Bowl of Light. And it's about a Hawaiian elder who basically is like a shaman, like a Hawaiian shaman. And this man from New York is an anthropologist and they become unlikely friends. And he, the anthropologist, shares this man's insights, this chief, this shaman's insights. And so last night I was reading and it hit me like a ton of bricks, this next passage. And there's been parts of this book that kind of made me stop in my tracks. And this one really kind of solidified it. So Trevor Hall has a song called Bowl of Light. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's the same bowl of light as this bowl of light book. And I didn't know the analogy. I wasn't familiar with it. But in the song, he says, don't you carry stones in your bowl of light? And I was like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe we'll get there. So I'm 50 pages in, and this is what uh, the story goes. At twilight, Makua got up. That's the elder walking stick for stability, and lurched over to his truck to reach for something in the bed behind the cab. He returned to the table under the shelter with a large puolo, a tea leaf bundle that was wrapped and tied in the traditional style. He presented it to Jill and me with a grin, with the simple words of Makana gift. We eyed the large, leafy bundle with anticipation for several long moments, savoring this time in the dying light of the last day of the year. Then we opened it excitedly and found within a beautiful yet simple wooden bowl made in the Hawaiian style and shaped like the lower half of a gourd. This is your bowl of light intoned the kahuna with a warm smile. The light that was a gift from your, I can't say this Hawaiian word, <laughs> your immortal spiritual soul that divided itself before you were born. 
Each of us comes into the world from the great beyond with our bowl of light. This light nourishes us and sustains us as we pass through life. But as we grow in experience and wisdom, things happen. Sometimes we lie, sometimes we steal, and sometimes we injure others through our thoughts, our actions, and our words. When we step into the negative polarity, it is as though we put a stone in our bowl and some of our light goes out. Slowly through time, our bowl of light fills up with stones and our light dims until it's nearly gone. Makua stopped and looked at us with great seriousness. The great problem in the world today is that the whole show is being run by individuals whose bowls of light are filled with stones. With a few exceptions, there is no light shining forth from their bowls, despite what they may think and proclaim, and we can observe the truth by their actions. And then the later paragraph says, Gently, he took the wooden bowl from me and turned it over, shaking it vigorously. What do we do then? We simply dump it out. A huge roar of laughter bursts forth from all of us, effectively freeing us from our grim thoughts about the state of the world. We start over, but from that time forward, things are different. From then on, we begin to live our lives with awareness, braided with the cords of aloha. And it is then, precisely then, that we begin to walk our path as spiritual warriors. So a very interesting note to end my night on. And so this book, the beginning, he talks about about leadership and what it really is and and how we just don't really have what the old traditions of of leadership really kind of commend our our authority figures I don't want to call them that but what they're supposed to be. And so I'm thinking about this bowl of light analogy and it's funny because I share quite frequently that I at one point in my life didn't want to be alive anymore. And uh, you know wasn't like actively suicidal, but really was just like, I, I don't want to be here. <laughs> like life is just too hard. And uh, the way that I talk about when things started to get better is I had to let it get so dark, get so dark that the only light left was the light from my soul. You know, not the light from how good I looked at the bar, not the light from, you know, my boyfriend, my friends, not the light from how good my grades were but the light that I came here with. That's your consciousness, your soul, your connection to source. And I talk about how I had no other choice. I could either, you know, keep doing what I was doing and likely die. You know, I had an eating disorder. I was struggling a lot. Or I could turn back towards the light. And it was quite literally the hardest decision I have ever made in my life to keep living. And so I'm reading this analogy and I'm like, the light. My bowl of light was full. There was only one little speck streaming through. I had filled it with trauma and and sadness and fear and expectation and shame that there I couldn't see my own light. You know, my bowl was filled. And I decided to dump that bowl out slowly but surely. And I'm reading this and almost getting emotional. I'm like, this whole time, this is exactly what I experienced. And, and I don't want to forget that, that that's where I come from. And that's how far I've come. And the other thing is I want to have compassion for people whose bowls are filled with stones. That doesn't mean I want to be like around them or absorb their stuff, but I have to have compassion for that because I've lived it. 
I've lived it. I've lived an experience in which I couldn't, I couldn't get through my life. And not only that, but I've, you know, I've hurt people. People have hurt me. We're all human. And it's interesting because I'm reading another book, you know, books galore, Paige, that's my name. And, and it's about, you know, manifesting money. And her whole philosophy is about how our ability to attract abundance comes from our capacity to forgive. And she calls it decluttering, decluttering these beliefs. And it sounds a lot like dumping the bowl out, dumping this bowl of light out, dumping out anything that you haven't forgiven about yourself or others or any shame that you're carrying. Because when your bowl of light is open, you know, it's filled with who you are. That's when you attract what you came here to do. And so when my bowl was filled, I was only attracting things that made me feel like garbage. You know, I wasn't taking care of myself. I didn't love myself. And I attracted situations that only were attempting to help me heal. You know, they weren't happening because I was, I was bad or anything. They were happening so that it would trigger these emotions, these things so much that I would have to heal. And that's exactly what happened. I literally had no other choice. I was on my knees and I said, what can I do? I literally said it out loud. I was like, what do you want me to do? I couldn't cry anymore. I couldn't feel anything. It was so, so dark. And uh, slowly but surely, I started taking care of my nervous system, started taking care of who I actually was. And instead of following all that garbage that I had been subscribed to in the 20 years prior, however long, I turned back towards my soul. And I talk a lot about the ego versus the soul. And it's just another analogy for this. But hearing it put this way, because I kept saying, like, I had to turn back towards the light. And the light is me. The light is my bowl. It is literally, you can never take it away from you. You know, the bowl doesn't get destructed. It just gets full of stuff. You just have to dump it out. Just delete the programs. I know it sounds so simple, but, but I thought this was so, so powerful. And uh, it's interesting, too. And in his book, a little bit earlier before this, this chapter, he says, some really interesting things about, about leadership and, and, and government. And this isn't political in any way, but just listen with an open heart. And he talks about, similar to how he speaks about the analogy that, you know, we're giving our power away to people whose bowls of light are, are filled with stones. You know, they, they aren't in their true self. They aren't acting of service. And so earlier in the book, he talks about how he doesn't vote, this tribal elder and the anthropologist, even though he's like devoted to his political ideals. They don't vote, neither of them. And so Makua, the elder, says, when you vote, you give away your mana, your power. And he says, you know, they can say anything, do anything to get your vote. And then once they're in office, in power, they can do whatever they want because they have your power. You already gave them your mana. And I thought that was fascinating. And I'm not saying don't vote. That's not what I'm saying at all. If you, like, it just made me think. It's like, wow, if voting gives away your power and you are left vacant watching people with bowls filled with stones call the shots. And, 
And I don't think it's that sinister. I don't think it's that dire. Uh, I just really think it's important to think about where we're giving our power to, where we're individually giving our autonomy away. And again, having compassion for people whose bowls are full, but knowing the difference of when you're giving them your power and when you're giving them your compassion. And just something to chew on about this, because I I just obviously go vote <laughs> and choose what you feel is right. But think about this idea of giving your power away and think about this idea of your bowl of light being filled with your true spirit, your true connection and respect for others and your respect for yourself, your respect for this earth. It's just a way better way to go through life. And thinking about this bowl of light, what stones can you take out? What can you forgive? Similar to the book that I'm reading about money. What can you forgive about, about any shame that you've experienced throughout your life? Any, any things that didn't go as planned that disappointed you or something that you feel that you failed at? Really little things that, that can clog our energy field, that can clog our nervous system and that can fill our bowl of light with stones. And it's interesting because I read this chapter after I finished leading my first course or my first class of the nervous system course. And in this class, we talk about how to clear out the nervous system and how energy carries emotion. Emotion has certain frequencies that we're vibrating at. And we talk about the emotional scale, how shame and guilt are the lowest vibrating emotions. And then, you know, fear, grief, anger, then it comes up to contentedness, Then, you know, slowly up to higher vibrations, all the way up to love, peace, contentment, joy. Those are the highest vibration emotions. And if we think about this bowl of light analogy, you know, lower vibration emotions will weigh that thing down. And a lot of times if we're not doing the work to clear those out, we aren't able to reconnect with the light. It's so similar. It's the nervous system. The nervous system holds our ability to transcend. And I've said this before, but the nervous system is similar to a cup. How interesting, cup and a bowl. (laughs) And it just really solidified this whole idea. So the nervous system is a cup and it holds our ability to contain our stress response and it holds our ability to handle life, basically. So if your cup hasn't been taken care of, it's not, you're not strengthening it, you're not growing it, and you're adding more stress, you're adding more stimulants onto it. That's when you fry your system. You know, you can't sleep at night even though you're exhausted. You get the shakes. Your hair is brittle. You're always worried. You're never in the present. Your cup is overflowing. It's not being taken care of. And so when you do these practices, when you meditate, when you do breath work, when you you feel your emotions that want to come up, just being more gentle with yourself slowly but surely, you solidify that cup. You make it bigger. You give yourself a bigger capacity to hold And so in the course, I show them the scale of emotions, you know, from the bottom, the low vibrating to shame, all the way up to the highest vibrating frequency, which is love, joy, freedom. And your nervous system, this cup, this bowl of light holds your ability to hold on to higher vibration emotions. So if a high vibration emotion is 700 hertz, you know, scientifically speaking, physically speaking, and your cup can only hold, you know, all the stress that you have, you literally cannot hold high vibration emotions for very long. That's why when you're having a rough day, it's difficult to 
to feel happy for longer than five minutes because your cup has been worn down. It's been stressed out or people who suffer from depression. Like I was, you know, I couldn't hold high vibrations for that long because my nervous system, my cup was literally filled to the brim with other junk and I wasn't taking care of it. And this isn't a critique. This isn't say, you know, you can't feel your emotions, but we have to be taking care of the nervous system. We have to be taking care of the cup, noticing, going through all of these beliefs, all of these old paradigms that we're holding onto that are clogging this up. Because when your cup is taken care of, when your cup is, is open and, and enlarged and, and solidified, you can hold higher vibrations of happiness, joy. You can hold higher vibrations for longer And when you hold those, you attract more situations to you that are aligned with them. So, you know, your true self vibrates very high because your true self is God, is source, you know. And when you can hold space for that part of yourself, you can carve out this cup, solidify this cup and only put in your highest self, only put in your deepest forgiveness of yourself and others, compassion, joy, whatever it is you will literally manifest the light, the, li- the life you came here to live. So just think about that. Think about that, this cup, this nervous system, this bowl of light. What stones are in your bowl of light? What stones, what beliefs are clogging up your cup, your nervous system? What can you forgive? And, you know, I also talk about how, you know, when I first started doing this work, It was difficult for me to stay present because I hadn't practiced it. I hadn't been working on my system, but slowly I worked up from four minutes of meditation to eight to 12 to 20 to a half hour to however long I want to do Kundalini now. It takes time. You're not going to go overnight from a little, you know, rickety, brittle cup into a golden chalice, you know, that can hold all of this good stuff. It takes time and it's a daily practice and it's a daily commitment. And a lot of us kind of put the cart before the horse in this regard. You know, we think once we're secure, once we're this, then we'll, then we'll do this. No. We have to be working on our cups and our bowls of light every single day. And whether that's just taking, putting your hand on your heart and taking three deep, long, slow breaths, that is working on your nervous system. That is a very simple, easy, powerful way to start healing. And to start deprogramming and releasing these old beliefs and, and vibrations of shame, guilt, and those things. So every single day we need to have these tools. And every single day, spending time with our true highest self rather than the self that goes around and, and worries about money and worries about what people think and, and is living in the physical world. And there's nothing wrong with that self. We just have to make sure that it's not calling the shots. The ego isn't calling the shots. The bowl of light, the light within is calling the shots. And in order to do that, we have to heal the system enough, peel back the layers, take out the stones one at a time, a few times maybe, and let that light shine through. So just think about what this means. Think about your personal power, your personal light that you you came from. And that is God itself. That is source consciousness. I think about how exciting that is. It gets to be fun. We're creating this new earth. How can you shine your bowl of light rather than your bowl of stones? How can you take care of your cup and make sure that it's not overflowing? It's, it's well tended to. It's filled with joy and high vibration emotions. 
and still give yourself the space, the grace, the compassion to feel those lower vibration emotions because you can't get rid of them without feeling them, unfortunately. And so this book is called Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. (laughs) And there is a practice that you do and you literally sit down and write out every memory that you have about money, whether, you know, bad, shameful, embarrassed, angry, you read it all out. And, you know, if somebody made fun of you for your shirt one time, it was cheap, you know, you write that down. It, all they want to do is come up. All they want to do is be acknowledged. And so I sat down and I did this the other day. And I think I, I, think I was like hung over from it yesterday because I was sad. I was irritated. And I wrote out three long pages of all this shit that had happened. And, and you're supposed to add to it as, as you're healing things. But is that not the definition of taking your bowl and flipping it upside down (laughs) and dumping out all this junk. I dumped it out onto the page and then every single line you go through. And interestingly enough, you say the Hawaiian Ho'oponopono prayer. You know, I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. I'm sorry. And that's not the exact order, but every single line, every single memory you have, you say that prayer. You forgive, you love, you say thank you, and you say sorry to every single one of those things. And you acknowledge the shame, you release the shame, you declutter this junk, you clear out the cup, you clear out the bowl. And wow, was it powerful. And I'm still kind of in that process, but reading this last night, after I talked about the cup in the nervous system course, I was like, wow, God, this is so important. And it spans across all different traditions, all different spiritual beliefs. You know, we are vessels of light, what programs are you subscribing to that, pre- that prevent that from getting through? And I have the utmost compassion for anyone who is going through this journey and trying to figure out what those are. But maybe spend some time, you know, tomorrow before you get out of bed, put one hand on your heart, one hand on your stomach, and just take three long, slow, deep breaths with your eyes closed and moisturize your nerve endings. Take care of your nervous system. Tell yourself that you are safe no matter what. You are light no matter what. You cannot get rid of the light within. It is with you always. And this will sustain you. Those rocks will not sustain you. And think about the people who are telling you what to do, who have bowls of light that are full of rocks. Think about that. And send them love. Send them compassion. Don't send them more shame. And we spoke about this in the course as well. Uh, You know, when someone is vibrating at the vibration of shame and you just hate them, you send them more hate, you send them more shame, you're adding more of it to the situation. And so with your cup, with your taking care of system, your taking care of bowl, send them high vibrations, send them love, send them light. That's what will help. Because if not, you're just adding more shame into an already filled bowl. So just think about what this means, what it means to you, how it can manifest in your life. And again, taking time, taking initiative to clear out your limiting beliefs, spend time with those parts of you that you don't want to let see the light of day, but they need to in order to move through you. Spend some time forgiving, forgiving yourself and others. And really, really tap into this. Dump out the bowl. Take care of the cup. 
(laughs) all the kitchen analogies, but they are so important because they're real. These aren't just little images. They're real. Your light is real. It's real. And it's here for a reason. The more work that you do on this, the less work you're going to feel like you have to do on all the stuff you hate. (laughs) Just just as a little secret. (laughs) So I am sending you so much love. And I'll put the links for both of these books in the show notes if you want to check them out. Highly recommend both of them, obviously. They've really opened my eyes to what's going on in my life, what's going on in the world, and how I can best align with my highest self to usher in this new age, you know, of love, of joy. And I am sending you tons of love. I am sending you tons of high vibrational energy. Thank you for sharing energy with me on this podcast. I just want to say thank you for listening. You have no idea how much it means to be sharing energy like this and to be talking about this this process and this journey on the other side because I had no idea that I was going to live to do this. So I'm incredibly grateful for you and for your energy. And if you want to take the nervous system course, uh, the next one will be in late September. So just send me an email page at pagepetchler.com, or you can reach out on Instagram. I love to have you, you know, it's really just a great group of people. We sit down, we have fun. We learn these tools to dump out the bowl and we do amazing things. So uh, give me an email about that or a DM if you want to learn more about the course. Otherwise, Please rate, subscribe, and review, and share this with anybody who needs this message. As always, I am so, so grateful for you. Wishing you a great rest of your day, week, all of the things. All right, much love.